0: Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com Strategies, streams, and singles LegitMTG has it all Oh yeah, and now us So check us out every Friday. Friday On LegitMTG.com And stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product
1: I wonder who my competition tonight gonna be I know it ain't gonna be nobody up in here Stay up in here Stay up in here Magnetic, Magnetic. Magnetic. fourteen. W. An organized campaign, I'm on my third route. The album just dropped, I'm trying to get the word out. Superhero theme music, Ron Sleepwalk walking, snoring. The last trails for art was recorded. My first stop was Sway in the morning. Was written by Heather B. Total was a fan since the real world on MTV. Now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin-check me Not before, I had to get bars right Rehearsing, was asked about my upbringing How long I've been working And Sway's hair rap, little big hand person Was rhyming like it was a wake-up show Homie tough, I got raps for days Gotta say something for Tony Touch My phone is gone. sorry, I can't talk right now I'm busy, traveling, making my rounds I sat down next on the schedule A static selector Sure Shaw
2: yo. Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe.
3: And uh, I'm Stephen Marshall.
2: And uh, we got a pretty exciting show this week. Uh, we had the Pro Tour happening. Um, we had a very unexpected result for me in modern states.
3: <laughs> around and got a triple-double.
2: <laughs> Why you gotta say that? Really? I
3: was, a, it was apt.
2: Really? You gotta say f***? You gotta say f***? Two minutes, like 30 seconds into the recording?
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> mulliganed around? I don't know.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, pretty, kind of, except I didn't win. Uh, yeah, so c- pretty cool weekend. Uh, first of all, uh, obviously the pro tour happened. Uh, I think that's the most important thing to talk about. I didn't get to watch the standard portion, and that's just, Usually the way I do things, I'm like, ooh, drafts. And I watch the drafts. I think I'm like the opposite of every human, right? <laughs> uh, I'm like, ooh, they're drafting. Yeah, most
4: people
3: are like, when does Constructed start? Yeah. I want to see the new decks.
2: <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're going to Constructed. I guess I can turn this off now. Um, but uh, the winner of the of the Pro Tour was uh, Kazuyuki Takamura uh, playing Abzan. And uh, Ab- this is the... N- fairly standard, um, this Abzan aggro, I guess this is, or just Abzan mid-range. I don't know what the hell you would call it.
3: Uh, they've kind of converged.
2: They kind of have, haven't they? Yeah, because it's running the Warden of the First Tree and Gideon, you know, so yeah, it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, you know, obviously a very solid deck. Uh, not the bad guy we really, uh, expected it to be though, you know? No, I mean, there's good amount of Abzan, but, uh, you know, uh, for someone who was kind of going, "Oh, standard's going to be so dumb," the decks I'm seeing here look pretty cool, and I'm actually kind of digging the lists uh, a lot more than I expected to. So, uh, so that's good. Um, Atarka Red had a really strong showing. I believe it was the largest percentage of the field, right?
3: Uh, that or close to it. I think it was. I think it was the most played deck. Yeah. Although. It was split between – they just grouped red-green together. So there was a Tarka red. Okay. And there was kind of like a red-green landfall deck, which was ah. mostly red. Uh, they both include the Become a Tiber Battle Rage combo.
2: Which is a very good combo, yeah.
3: Yeah, but the red-green landfall decks were running like the Gnarled, um, the, just the 2-2 for one to green. Right. And uh, what else? There's something else that like – they're more in on the landfall, like the actual landfall creatures.
2: Right, right.
3: Um, that makes
2: sense. If the landfall deck would be wanting more
3: landfall Uh, Sky Leopard. I forgot, I forgot who it was. The, uh, I forgot the name of the The one car.
2: drop, really?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: Huh, neat. Uh,
3: but almost everything else is the same. They're running the four Tarkas Command. Um, I think some of them are running four Titan Strength. It just kind of depended. Um, but that deck actually did a lot better than... Because they had like similar win rates going into day one, but then day two they did a lot better than the Atarka red decks. Huh. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I, I, I definitely know that like I'm going to have to... Uh, this is the sad realization um, that we talked about earlier in the week, is that uh, the utter lack of sealed competitive events around here over the next couple months means that I'm just going to have to start playing standard again. So, if you like hearing about standard, we might have to shift a little bit of our focus into standard uh, after Atlanta. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, kind of a bummer. Because <laughs> didn't really want to have to play standard. But, uh, looks like my hand is forced. Not to mention the fact that the first major event after Atlanta is Houston, which is standard. So... You know, no better time to start than right after Atlanta. Um, but I'm going to play Atarka Red or some version of Green Red, mostly because I already own the Atarka's commands and I already own eight of the Fetchlands from from Red or from Burn and Modern. So that's just Good like... Start. Yeah, yeah. So that just basically gets me in on the deck. Um, and there's just very little to actually purchase to, to fill it out. Um, so, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna build that deck, and, uh, and, I mean, that's the deck I would want to play anyway, so, awesome. I can't, I can't mess with, I mean, these, these four-color decks look cool, like, um, I really do, like, love the idea of running Butcher of the Horde, Crackling Doom, and Manis Rider all together, it's just, I mean, those are all three awesome cards that I thought were really, like criminally underrepresented last year you know at least for a wh- after a while they kind of w- went away you know so it'll be really cool to like just see those decks happening but uh, i can't do those mana bases man it's just too much too much for me can't handle it i'm having enough trouble splashing a third color in, in sealed <laughs> you know i'm like i don't know man it might not work <laughs> And it's like, well, you want me to play four colors? Uh-uh. <laughs> no way. Yeah.
3: That and most of the four-color decks are running four Jace, and...
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, really... Exp- you were talking right before we started recording about just how expensive standard decks are right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's just like a symptom of them trying to make, ironically, modern more affordable. Hmm. Because they reprinted the Fetchlands and Standard, and so now that's part of the standard, you know, mana base, right? And so that just adds like you know two two hundred fifty dollars to the price of like almost all these decks, just right at the top,
2: right, right.
3: And so that, that's that's most of it. But then yeah, Jace is like I don't know, was it seventy dollars?
2: Is it now? I don't even know.
3: The... Yeah, and then even Gideon now is over forty. It's like $45 yeah, forty five dollars right 40, now.
2: Forty two on Star City or forty two ninety nine something like that.
3: Yep pre-ordered nice (laughs) that was my only pre-order yeah yeah you did well yeah i should i should have i should have bought more i guess
2: well you should have bought jace's really that's uh...
3: that's the one i I just missed jace it's because it's a blue card i'll never get i'll never if it's a blue card i'll never get i will not know unless it's just guy ascendancy
2: the jaces are uh well stocked at 80 bucks each it's funny how 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 little of a card Star City Games has when they're cheaper, but then once they hit eighty bucks, all of a sudden it's like we got all these chases. What do you know?
3: Well, that's Lord where they want. That's where they want to sell it at.
2: Yeah, amazing. Where did these all come from?
3: It's actually out of stock at forty three Gideon. It's basically like the only good card out of Zendikar. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Or It's by a large margin the best card in Zendikar.
2: Oh, Apple, well, Zendikar. that's something that we uh, I think. We're almost in agreement and with the, you know, from the very beginning, right?
3: Oh yeah, that was no question.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Like you compare you compared that to like Kyora or Obnixilus and it's just like yeah, that's not even a comparison.
2: Mm-mm. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Not at all.
3: But yeah, like uh, <laughs> some of these, yeah, some of these standard decks are like yeah, like Green White Megamorph right now is eight hundred dollars.
4: <laughs>
3: Jeskai Black is eight hundred and twenty dollars.
4: I
2: like Dark Jeskai better because at least kind of gives it like, without trying to make it sound like Jeskai and black cards, like Dark Mm -hmm. Jeskai just kind of makes it sound cooler without sounding as lazy as the actual name is.
3: Singed Jeskai? (laughs) Um, Like a good half of the modern metagame is cheaper than standard. That's pretty ridiculous. Then at least the cards that made the top eight, of the the Pro Tour, like Affinities under eight hundred, Boggles, Living End, Amulet Bloom, Nioburn. Uh these are all decks that are like five hundred dollars right now.
2: It's crazy.
3: In fact, Murfolk. <laughs>
2: yeah. Spoilers. We'll get to that. <laughs>
3: Tron Storm. These are all decks that are cheaper than standard decks right now, which is amazing. That's
2: that is amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't basically
4: Tron's cheaper.
3: As long as you're not playing Tarmogoyf or uh, Splinter Twin, your deck is cheaper than standard. It's basically like Snapcaster Mage and Tarmogoyf. As long as you're not playing those cards, if you have a modern deck, it's cheaper than like half the standard metagame right now.
4: Oh,
2: man. And uh, Snapcaster Mage, speaking of Snapcaster Mage, uh, they announced the uh, regional PTQ, uh, the first run. For next year, and uh, we get one in Madness uh, in Plano, which is cool. Um, and I think the regional PTQ is going to be standard uh, February 21st, I believe, or something like that. It's whatever. It's one of the last weekends in February. And um, the uh, the promo card is a foil Snapcaster Mage. Anyone? Nice. Anyone who says Wizards doesn't print money, just pull up a picture of that card.
3: Yeah, I like how that – it's kind of similar to that Thalia where the actual art is, like, off-frame. It's, like, just framed differently. Like, the Thalia was just, like, her entire face was the card.
2: Yeah, it was so weird. Was <laughs> amazing. My favorite my favorite art, maybe, of all time.
3: And then this one, uh, the Snapcaster Mage is, like, not centered. And, like, a mountain is most of the card. And then the dude's, like, in the little left-hand uh, part of the screen
2: yeah pretty cool
3: yeah and they continue their long-running tradition of reprinting invitational cards without the person <laughs> who is on the invitational card originally
2: oh that's right
3: yep. yeah it's like that tiago guy yeah was, it? Yep. was his name yeah mm-hmm. that was the original snapcaster mage that's right wow so they they pulled a, a meddling mage yep placed it with some black person Right, because Chris Pakula was the original meddling mage. Yeah, mm hmm And then there's uh, some black chick is now on the Shards of Alara reprint. And then, yeah, now they got the, someone said the Reading Rainbow guy
4: (laughs) on the (laughs) the (laughs) Snapcaster.
3: (laughs)
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) Reading, oh, my, LeVar Burton.
3: Yes.
4: I Do think the
2: I think it. the uh, I think the artwork for the new Snapcaster is really cool, but don't take my word for it. Look it up online and check it out for yourself. Um,
3: Boom, ten out of ten, stuck the landing. Thank
2: you, thank you. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so Abzan won. Um, we had a bunch of Atarka red. Uh, there was the Dark Jeskai. Um,
3: I think it was either I think it was the Team Pantheon. Mm-hmm. yeah they dark jeskai okay which was interesting <laughs> just because there's all these new decks and then the finals was jeskai no black splash versus, versus abzan.
2: abzan just yeah. straight up no cute stuff yeah
3: that's funny yeah there was a there's a bunch of different decks um there was a throwback jeskai Ascendency deck uh that did pretty well i think that made top eight actually
4: hmm.
3: wow um The deck that you'll see if you boot up Magic Online right now um, was Bant Tokens by Sam Black. And I think he tweeted that, like, across four people that actually made it to, like, the Constructed round, they had a 75% win rate with it in Constructed. Neat. Which is super high. And the deck looks amazing.
2: Yeah, what does it look
3: like? Uh, Well, I actually have it, like, not sleeved up. (laughs) But I have it, like, in front of me on my desk. Oh, really? Awesome. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's uh three secure the waste, mm-hmm. uh three Gideon No I'm sorry, four Gideon. I, I have like, three Gideon. <laughs> like th- three Gideon, uh four Hangerback walker, three Wingmate Rock, four retreat to Amiria. Yeah. Uh Planar Outburst, um four Silk Wrap, th- uh two Snace's snare, four Elvish Visionary, four Nyssa. Okay. And I think three Dispel or something like that. I can't remember. What? Maybe one Dispel main. I think it's only
4: crazy. One.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a, it ends up playing out like a combo deck almost. Because you basically, you could hold up Dispel until end of turn, In step, secure the waste for, I don't know, however, however many you want. And then if you have a retreat out, you could just, yeah, it's kind of like Just Guy Sentency almost where you get a fetch land in, boost the team so now you have like seven one one tokens that are <laughs> getting plus two power wow and then if you have like a gideon you can just emblem it or god if you have like a nissa you can plus her get another land on the battlefield that does count for your land. yeah it's just insane and you and you can you can stock up and save the uh the fetch land activations for one big turn
2: yeah 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 totally that's that's exactly what i was thinking when you said that i was like yeah i just hold them back you know
3: yeah, and in the in the meantime, you're just playing really good cards.
2: <laughs> yeah, that sounds really cool. I, I saw a, a list that had uh, twelve retreats. Have you really? seen this? Have no. you seen this? No. Uh, Josh Josh Claytor, uh editor of legitmtg.com, was uh, was streaming this deck earlier. This was uh, standard states from TCG player. Mm-hmm. Um, it finished in the top four. I'll read this deck to you, man. This is going to blow your mind. Uh, three Herald of the Pantheon, one Nyssa Vasswood Seer, three Oblivion Sower, four Siege Rhino, one Obnixilus, three Abzan Charm, four Retreat to Amiria, four Retreat to Hagra, four Retreat to Kazandu, one Utter End, and then, uh, 32 lands. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that's so uh, thirty-two
2: lands. What? So four wooded, uh, four wooded foothills, four windswept teeth, six swamps, two smoldering marsh, four shambling vent, one plains, four forest, four canopy vista, and f- uh, three blighted woodland.
3: What's the retreat to Hagra for? Like, what does that, that do?
2: Hagra it, it wins the game. You've got thirty-two lands. You start you start draining them, man.
3: Or but you that's give. It's not running sweepers though. It's not like you have like all day.
2: No, but you have uh, Oblivion Sower, which combos really nicely with that.
3: That is cool. I saw there's like a one-of Oblivion Sower in Sam Black's sideboard. I was like, Mm -hmm. what is that about? I was like, well, maybe you bring it in versus Jeskai, because they just dig through time, and then Uh you can Oblivion Sower for a million.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the thing, is you Oblivion Sower against that deck with the retreat to Hagra out. Pretty neat. Hmm. It's crazy. It's a crazy little deck. Uh, I think you wind up going like... I think he wound up going like two one with it in his uh, in his stream, so you know, pretty respectable.
3: It's, it just seems wrong.
2: It's crazy. It's absolutely ridiculous, but it's cool.
3: It's uh,
2: it's pretty funny. So yeah, that happened.
3: Um, Patrick Chapin and Reed Duke were playing Esper, but not Esper Dragons.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. It interesting. It was like Esper Walkers. Uh, it looked really neat.
3: Yeah, it was barely even, it was like two Gideon, two Obnixilus, four Jace, and then yeah. two Secure the Waste, and that's the win condition.
2: Yeah, playing Esper Jace. <laughs>
3: well, I guess Shambling Vent.
2: Here's a here's a ramp deck by Marcos Paulo de Jesus Fritas.
3: Oh, I know, I've already tested this deck. This deck looks cool.
2: Uh, three Ugin the Spirit Dragon, four Radical Mystic, four Leaf Gilder. Four Shaman of Forgotten Ways. Four Dragonlord four Obliv- Two Oblivion Sower. Three Dragonlord Atarka. Uh, two Nissa's Pilgrimage. Two Arc Lightning. Uh, two Explosive Vegetation. Four Hedron Archives. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. With an Ulamog in the sideboard. I don't like that. I'd put it in the main main deck.
3: God, there, there is a deck that's running, I think, three or four Ulamogs. That nice. was what I was testing. Nice. Um, it was that, okay. Like you could get super clunky hands.
2: Yeah, probably. So it was. Well, that's a ramp deck, though. You know what I mean? That's yeah. That's kind of the the curse of playing a ramp deck. Sometimes you get all ramp.
3: It would it would totally smoke the Sam Black deck, though. Yeah. Just because like there's they don't really interact with you on a meaningful basis until it's like way too late. Mm. Um, the deck that I think like people are really excited about. Or the most excited about was uh, Christian Calcano's bl-
2: Blue Black, Black deck, yeah. not aristocrats. It's not aristocrats. The aristocrats deck had aristocrats in it.
3: Okay. It had Grants. Falcon
2: Falcon right. Falconrath aristocrat and cartel aristocrat. That's where the name comes from.
0: Yeah, you can't. Oh, where? you can't call it
2: can't call it aristocrats because it sacrifices stuff.
3: It's a shortcut.
2: It's not a shortcut.
3: It's a total shortcut.
2: When
4: did we get exactly... so
2: lazy to not be able to name decks anymore? Like, okay, oh, but we want people to know what it is. So you're gonna call it Aristocrat? Like, like, like they, they, yeah, they've...
3: blue black Aristocrats, and I knew immediately what the deck probably looked like. That's a good name.
2: <sighs> it's a terrible name.
3: <laughs> That's what a name should do. That's what a deck name should do. It should tell you what's in the deck. No, a deck. And game. I knew immediately, no. as soon as he said blue, black aristocrats, I was like, Oh yeah. I, I could probably like write up like a sample list for you and I'd be off by like f- like eight cards. Ask
2: Christian Calcano what he wants to call the deck. Hmm. What does Calcano call the deck? Does blue, he black, call-
3: aristocrats?
2: Is that what he wants to call it? Yeah. Well he's wrong. But,
3: <laughs> but if that's I like what how it- you disagreed with the beginning of your own sentence.
2: <laughs> but, but that's, but if that's what he called the deck, then that's cool. That's different. See, I don't mind if he gets it wrong. If he calls his deck blue, black, aristocrats, that's what we call it. Like, I think Jeskai Black is like the laziest thing that you could ever do. It's just, uh, it's Jeskai, but it's got black spells. So we'll call it Jeskai Black. Like, I don't think, ah, I just hate it. I hate it. I wish, I missed deck names, man. People used to name their decks things, and it was cool. It was fine.
3: That seems like that's just a bygone era. No, it's not. I think that was before net decks. People took more ownership of like their their decks as like a as a creation as a brew.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, like, even now, like, like that, we should be more able to stomach deck names because. Before, when we didn't have the internet to help us look up every deck, we knew like what were in the decks that were called different things. Like, we knew what the decks were.
3: But yeah, it's just a barrier to entry. When no, people it's are not trying because that's a deck name.
2: You name the deck, and then somebody goes, "What's that, dude?" Google. You go, up, you open up Google. You type in the name of the deck, and they go, "Oh, it's that deck." And then they won't ever have to do that again. You just do it one time. Search engines—they're not new. We can look these things up. We Listen. don't have to create these dumbed-down names and like blue-black aristocrats. No offense, Calcano, because I like you, but. If you called your deck blue-black aristocrats and it doesn't have any aristocrats in it, it's, like, the laziest deck name ever.
3: <laughs> These it's are the la- laziest rules for how other people should act ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, what are they going to do? Like, okay, yeah. He's like, okay, so my deck is called Spiderwebs. And it's like, oh, well, what's in it? Well, okay, you know, it's got, like, a bunch of Megamorph creatures and it's uh, – well, what colors is it? Green-white? Okay. So it's that green white mega. No spider webs, man. Spider webs.
2: Spider webs.
3: Spider webs.
2: I'm fine with that.
3: It's just like, <laughs> like who cares? It makes it easy to discuss, and you could come up with like the coolest name ever, and for the most part, people are just not going to care. They're going to call the deck generically by its contents. And- like
2: we got we got a nickname every set of 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 dual lands ever printed it's just it just no i
3: think people resorted to not nicknaming anything because now the mercifully the battle for zendikar dual lands are battle lands yeah and (laughs) the green white Megamorph deck is green white Megamorph. (sighs) (laughs) i love it it's easy it's easy to discuss red green landfall well that's red green green landfall a tarka red is a tarka red it's very simple and, and people shortcut that kind of stuff all the time. Like, um, yeah, so Aristocrats is shortcut for gaining incremental advantage from sacrificing your own creatures. Because that's essentially what the Aristocrats deck did. That's what people started calling any deck that did that going forward. That's why people were calling the Nemesis of Mortals graveyard deck from, like, the last standard, like, Black green Dredge. Yeah, there's no Dredge cards in it. But it interacts with the graveyard favorably. And so they, it's just a shortcut that people understand. That's all. Boo. Yeah. All right.
2: Boo these things. Boo we didn't all even discuss what
3: was in this deck.
2: Boo all the things. <laughs> hate hate it. Bring back deck names. I'm, I'm tired of it.
3: I don't I think mean. that's the thing that's wrong with Magic. I think we that's like last on the list of things that need to be fixed.
2: No, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed.
3: Yeah, I like. <laughs> we're we will be out of problems when they get to the deck names. <laughs> Like magic online will just be the smoothest, most pleasant experience ever like by the time we fix the deck names anyway uh so in the in the blue black aristocrats deck uh it's uh it's a bajillion four ofs
2: and this deck does look really cool i, 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 I forget about all my old man uh get off my lawn ramblings like this is a really cool deck
3: yeah it's uh, four blood champion for hangerback walker for nantuko husk which is kind of the centerpiece of any sacrifice deck right now for sidisi's faithful which is interesting love it haven't seen that one in a while or ever yeah. um that's the blue oh four with exploit that can bounce a creature yep uh four soul emissary four whirler rogue so that's the combo basically with the Nantuko, Nantuko Husk.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So you play the Ruler Rogue, make the Nantuko Husk unblockable, sack everything and swing. Yeah. Uh, Zulaport Cutthroat, which is, you know, the Blood Artist and all this. Four Liliana, four Murderous Cut, and one Vampiric Rights.
2: Pretty sweet.
3: It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, there was another deck, Matt Nass played it, that was kind of similar, but it was like Bant of uh, Rally of the Ancestors. No, it was just basically four color. So this one runs three Sidisi's Faithful, uh, four Elvish Visionary, four Jace, which is probably the reason I'm not going to put this one together, sadly, <laughs> four Zoliport Cutthroat, four Catacomb Sifter, four Nantuko Husk, four Grim Horror Specs, and then four Collected Company, four Rally of the Ancestors. I like that. Um, I guess you have to run Sidisi's Faithful because this deck has n- literal no interaction.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that.
3: Like, you're just... It's just... Drawn cards from your creatures and sacking them to gain life or whatever, and then Jace, and City right. Faithful gives you a way to interact. Yeah, that's that's the one issue with the uh, red green landfall decks, like the all in red green landfall decks. They have like they they don't have wild slash. They have nothing. There's literally <laughs> no spells that interact. <laughs> so you're kind of just like all in.
2: We're gonna do this thing before you do your thing.
3: Yeah, it's all creatures, and their instants are Titan Strength, Atarkus Command, Temur Battle Rage, Become Immense. That's it. <sighs> yeah, all the interaction has to come from the sideboard with uh, Arc Lightning and stuff like that. Some wild slashes. There is some cool tech that basically everyone was running. Um, I'm just—I have GCB. Uh, I have his list up, um, so it's pretty similar to the deck of people. Great show. Didn't. Love that show. Gabe Carlton Barnes. Oh, okay. So one Zergo, four Skyth Leopard, four Swift Spear, three Narlids, four Abbot of Carol Keep, four Den Protector, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and then four Titan Strength, four Tarkus Command, four Teamer Battle Rage, four Become Aments. That's pretty standard. And then the sideboard, they had two Yasova Dragon Claw, which I love. Hmm. Does seen, that
2: do? remind me of what that is?
3: Yeah, it's a tuna green <laughs> for a 4-2 with Trample. And then at mm-hmm. the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay one is it is it. So one blue blue, one blue red, or one red red. Mm-hmm. And if you do, gain control of target creature with an opponent controls with power less than Yasova and untap it, it gains haste. Seems pretty sweet. That seems like that would like, oh my god, you could become immense that. Uh, <laughs> and then you have like a 10 8 trample and then you can s- steal their siege rhino.
2: That's pretty sweet.
3: Or if you had like a retreat to Valakut, just one land give you Sova plus two, plus zero, and then you can steal anything. That seems pretty cool. Although none of these decks are running Retreat to Valakut, so that just might be too cute. Um, let's see. Yeah, but it's kind of sad, actually, because primarily the main decks going into the Pro Tour were Mono Red, Green White Megamorph, and Dark Jeskai. Mm-hmm. And those were the three most played decks.
2: Right. So not not very many surprises. Although the, 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 the blue the blue-black deck, obviously, is very surprising
3: Uh, yeah i mean there's there was new decks there's rally the ancestors which was not for some reason in standard previously this standard at least there was the red green like more like no one was playing snapping gnarled yeah that's mostly it i don't see anything too cooler than that oh yeah victoriano limb i think that's his name that's the deck i tested what's that uh two Ugin, four catacomb sifter four Oblivion Sower, four ulamog three nissa Two Explosive Vegetation, three Languish, three Despise, three Crux of Fate, one Nisses Renewal, three Complete Disregard, two Hedron Archive. Nice. And then 26 lands, including four Shrine of the Forsaken God. Wow. And Ugin. Very cool. Yeah, that was the deck I tested, and I think it was 50% when I was playing it. Oh, yeah, the deck I've been testing the most. I didn't even mention it. Saito's deck. Oh, yeah. Tell me about this. Yeah, so it's uh, basically Rakdos Aggro. Uh, it's four Bloodsoak Champion, three Zergo, four Flamewake Phoenix, three Drana, Liberator of Malakir, four Thunderbreak Region, and two Kologon, the Storm's Fury. That's the one with Dash. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Roast, four Duress, four Fiery Impulse, two Dracronic Roar, and four Murderous Cut. Yeah, I, uh, I played that in two eight-mans and just one of both. Wow. Uh, decks really good, yeah. A lot of decks aren't set up to... So you have the same advantages of a Tarka Red, where people just... They're like, wait, wait whoa, whoa, whoa. You're playing a one-drop? No, 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 no. I thought that was against the rules. What's going <laughs> on?
4: Right.
3: Um, so you have that advantage, where you get off to a really fast start that people just generally aren't prepared for. And you get to play Draconic Roar, which is pretty well-positioned. And then once people start catching up, you kind of switch to a mid-late game of just Flyers, which...
2: Right, that's cool. Yeah, Switch it on them. Flip mode. Flip mode is the greatest.
3: Pretty much, yeah. You just get to transition into an aggro deck that still has a late game that interacts favorably with people. Yeah, it's pretty strong right now. Before the pro tour, I was testing Mardu, and that's what I had been playing. Mm-hmm. And I played it at FNM um, just because I wanted to play Draconic Roar. Yeah, and like within it, with like almost no new cards, just Gideon essentially. Right. And I, I thought it was pretty good uh, versus the metagame before the Pro Tour, at least, because it just destroys the Tarka Red. But this seems like that, except a lot more streamlined, and I like that.
2: Yeah, the Red-Black. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be a big fan of as few colors as possible in my decks for. For as long as I have breath in my body, I think.
4: <laughs>
2: so, so, yeah, the red black sounds very appealing. The red green sounds very appealing. And, um,
3: yeah, if I was going to play a standard tournament, those the, the three decks I'd be considering are red green landfall, uh, the Saito Rakdos deck, or mm-hmm. Sam Black's token deck. Yeah. Although I feel like if there's a GP next week, Sam Black's deck would be the most played, just going by Moto. Really? It's everywhere. I think I think, it just, I think it was the best deck in the room.
2: It might just not have had a great draft record, I guess.
3: No, they all seemed to do pretty well in terms of constructed records. The Red Green Landfall deck too, did, too, for the people that played it. Because that team was... Um, yeah, it was GCB, Arilax, and I think Seth Mansfield. And they all had really good constructed records. And I, just, I guess they just did not come through on the draft. So that's, that's the one thing about the Pro Tour. Paulo was he was in the top eight and he six owed his drafts.
2: <laughs> right.
3: So he was like the one copy of a Tarker red in the top eight, even though Tarka red did really bad on day two.
2: Yeah. That's uh, it's why I like the pro tour because, uh, it tests across limited and constructed. And I feel like, you know, I feel like more tournaments should do that sort of thing because I think that like, you know, being skilled in multiple disciplines, mm-hmm. uh, is um, is really important uh, in terms of determining who the best players in the world are. You know? Yeah, and 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 it's what and it's what separates the top eight from the rest in the pro tour. It's like you know, okay, yeah, you mastered constructed, but can you draft?
3: Yeah, and I thought that was interesting that the meta game was able to pick up on like they're able to differentiate the fact that to do with the Pro Tour doesn't necessarily say you had the best constructed deck. Right. Like Because after the last Pro Tour, basically, I think Brian Kipler had the best or second best constructed record. Mm-hmm. Didn't make top eight, wasn't really heard from. But his green-white deck looked like the best deck. <laughs> right, right. And in the next GP, it was everywhere. Right. And I think that's what's going to happen with Sam Black's deck. Like That looks like that was the best deck, in my opinion. I think people will still see that even though it didn't put a copy in the top eight. And the next standard GP or the next standard event, that's going to be the most played deck. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what a good deck to beat that would be, though. I would say either like some sort of crazy Eldrazi ramp deck or I actually kind of like the uh, Saito aggro deck because the Flyers uh, can at least just, yeah, fly over if they don't get a Wingmate rock going. Silkwrap was everywhere.
2: Silk Wrap, man. That's like the removal spell of the tournament.
3: I think it's because Hangerback Walker is everywhere.
2: Oh yeah. And I guess most of the time, you're only casting
3: it for like.
2: Oh, what well, is it? Converted mana cost or is it power?
3: It's uh, converted mana cost.
2: So it's zero. So converted mana cost is zero when it's on the battlefield. That's great.
3: I think so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. If it's on, it's only. It's converted mana cost is only. Whatever it is, when you cast it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It doesn't maintain that when it's on the battlefield. Once it's on the battlefield, it's zero.
3: Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't know that actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so containment, uh, containment field. Like if you played it for like twenty, it would still just be two.
2: I think so. Yeah. Hmm. You mean a quarantine field?
3: Quarantine field. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah.
3: Oh, Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I learned that because I was going to try to do like Ugin's insight. With
2: oh, that
3: card? No. No no, <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, "Yes, yeah, Scry 10. Hey, d-
2: d- do it, do it on Moto. Let me know. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm almost 100 percent sure that it's. Uh, yeah, X is zero unless you're casting it. You know what I mean? Because I mean, if you cast, if you cast Endless One for ten, and then it dies, and it's in your graveyard, its converted mana cost is zero again.
3: Yeah, you're right.
2: You know what I mean? Like its converted mana cost is only ten when it's on the stack.
3: Because
4: okay. X
2: has a value when it's on the stack. The X will affect how it enters the battlefield. It'll enter the battlefield, you know, with 10 counters on it. Because it gets counters, right? And this one gets plus one, plus one counters.
3: Yep, so is back Walker.
2: So that's it. So, the, so they get the counters. But that's, you know, but that's the last you hear of the converted mana cost. Once it's in, it's zero.
3: Hmm, okay. There we go. The more you know.
2: Yeah. Giving you them snarts for your brain hole. It's good stuff. So, uh, but yeah, silk wrap, man. Yeah, and that, and that makes a lot of sense uh, for Hangerback. Because killing it isn't good. So you gotta exile that crap.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And if you blow up the silk wrap, then who cares? And
2: then it dies. That's so good. God, that's good. Yeah. Cause then it, yeah, because then it comes in and it's... Oh, wow. That's awesome. That is like the best... Yup. Yup. Love it. God, I love it. (laughs) I love it so much. Wow! I'm so glad that there are people that are smarter than me at this. They can figure out how to do things like kill Hangerback Walkers.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think in the top eight, I can't remember what matchup it was, they started siding out their Hangerback Walkers because they wanted to make their Silk wraps worse. (laughs) Their opponent's Silk wraps. yeah. Yeah, so great. I want to say it was actually... um, The guy that made the finals, like he had some crazy sideboarding plans. Uh, Yeah. uh, Tamada.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah. So when he was playing.
2: That's what you say. I say it differently.
3: Moving on. uh, He played against uh, John Finkel in the semifinals. And he cited out. What did he cite out? I think he cited out his Jaces, which is kind of crazy. And he kind that of sounds just, crazy, yeah. He cited into like a just a, a, a control plan. Like he cited in his mastery of the unseen and he elected to be on the draw, which hmm. is really crazy because you just don't like I don't know, you just don't ever see that.
2: Yeah. I've I've said I'll be on the draw maybe once in my entire life.
3: Yeah, like he cited out his hangerback back walkers to make um Finkel's silk wraps worse. He cited out his Jaces he decided he elected to be on the draw and then just side into like a total control plan. That's so crazy. And it like it looked like so I mean he won the match so I guess history will say it worked. but it was interesting because like in game two, Finkel was just like destroying him. Mm-hmm. He got a turn one duress. Into, like, he just set it up absolutely perfectly um, into, like, a flashback of the duress with Jace to take uh, Gideon and basically leave him with, like, like no cards that were relevant. Yeah. But right after that, Tamada top decked his Mastery of the Unseen. Yeah. And he Finkel did not have a way to deal with that. It was crazy. And it just totally turned the game around. Yeah. It It, it looked crazy. That guy, I, I really liked his style, uh, Tamada. I wanted him to win. I thought it was his tournament just because, like, when something that crazy happens and it works, and he was playing amazing, he was playing so well. It just seemed like it was his tournament. It's kind of like how, um, when Joel Larson, he just completely stole a match that he should not have won in the first round of the top mm-hmm. eight. Like, he just went on to win. So I thought that was going to happen here. And maybe Tamada thought it too, because in the finals, uh, game four, he was up three to, uh, two to one. He he mulled to six on the draw and kept a no-lander
4: because
3: I guess he was doing the math and he figured uh, a scribe plus a draw would be enough to get there. I don't know. I really wanted him to win after that.
2: Glad I didn't have to watch that match.
3: That's a man (laughs) after my own heart. Actually, no. I probably still... I'm not even that aggressive.
2: I'll mulligan all day.
3: I don't even care.
2: That's like the one place you don't want to be scared to mulligan. Like, in the finals of a pro tour.
3: Well, I, I, I imagine that it was, like, his strategy. Like, he just had a strategy where if you mold a six on the draw, you can keep a no-lander. Nah, man. That just nah. seems so bad. You just
2: can't do it. You just can't do that. I don't care what deck you're playing. I don't even care.
3: Well, because not only be do you them. need to draw one land, you need to draw a few lands. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to question him. He played amazingly before that.
2: Yeah, he made the finals of a pro tour, but still... I don't care. I think it's a terrible decision.
3: And so Siege Rhino won.
2: Siege Rhino wins, but it wasn't Siege Rhino's tournament, you know. Yeah, and that's, absolutely
3: and that, not.
2: And that's good, you know. Uh, this standard does look like it looks confusing to me as someone who doesn't like three and four and five color decks. It looks a little confusing to me looking at the lists, uh, but it looks like a format that has those decks then also has room in the format for, like, two
3: color decks to exist. Well, I mean, if you have a format with fetch lands and dual lands, you're yep. going to have multiple colors.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And like and like I said, you know, none of these decks stood out as super oppressive. You know, <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing that I was worried about, was that somebody was going to figure out the, like, perfect five-color control deck and then, like, the format was just going to become that deck. That deck and the aggro deck that beats it. And then, like, it's just going to be this back-and-forth, two-deck format. Like, mono-blue devotion, mono-black devotion, but just with all the colors instead of one color each deck. You know? Like, that was my fear. My fear was not realized, and I'm happy about that, you know? Uh, This looks like a standard format that I could play without absolutely hating myself. Which is good, because I'm going to be stuck playing it for like three months. Tarka Red did well. Good, Happy to see that. Uh, several different flavors of Red to try, and I will try them both. So, cool deal. I'm happy about it.
3: Yeah, I didn't watch most of the Limited, so I don't really have much to say about... Uh... Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. So, um, so just real quick about the Limited. Um, I mostly just watch the drafts just to see how the pros draft and, and kind of get a feel for the flow of a draft because Mm -hmm. uh, drafting is something I've been playing the game since ice age. I did my very first draft uh, at the Alara reborn pre-release. You know what I mean? So that's a big gap (laughs) between, you know, playing magic and drafting for the first time. It's something like a 15 year gap, you know, and uh, so I don't have a lot of experience in draft compared to other formats. Um, so for a long time, one of the things that I've been really trying to just hammer down is uh, that I just had no draft fundamentals. I just didn't understand the very core fundamentals of draft. And so that's something I've been working on over the last couple months. And I think that I'm starting to feel really great about it because like, you know, I drafted um, a blue white flyers deck, and it was and it wasn't just like I was trying to force it. I just started seeing these cards and going, "Cool, oh cool, this is coming to me." And then like, re- and then when I got done the draft, both the people on my left and right were in red green, and I was like, "I drafted my seat correctly." It was just like a big victory because I just I've never been good at reading signals. I've never been good at paying attention to what I was passing. It was another thing that I had a lot of trouble doing. It was like I know what I'm taking, but I have no idea what I'm passing. So I was I was not knowing what signals I was sending, and so there was a lot of stuff that um, that I just didn't have. I just didn't have it nailed down. Like you know how to how just how to draft a deck and how to draft your seat. It just didn't get it just didn't get that concept at all. Um, so that's one of the things that I do and I watch the drafts to see um, how the players' drafts go and, and how they react to what they're seeing and their picks and all that sort of thing. Um, you know and, and, and these guys draft amazingly. Um, not much to really talk about there. The one deck that really stood out and surprised me was the uh, black-white deck. Um, there's this black-white life gain.
3: I did see that. I can't remember who it was. They did, like, a draft, like, walkthrough, and they yes. said that was, like, their favorite archetype.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of pros that are on that deck.
3: Yeah. Um, um, and I've, I've come around on, like, a few of the cards, like Stonehaven Medic. Right. Uh, but maybe not the Colostria Healer.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the thing, is it's, like, you know, it's just, like... Black White runs the the life gain uh, like the four drop. Uh, you pay mana to pump it. Um, it runs that. It runs the Serene Steward, um, and then it also runs just like a light allies sub theme because it also plays into the uh, the life gain strategy. So it's it's a really interesting deck. Um, so I got to see that in action, and it just I mean it. It gets dangerously close to losing, and then it stabilizes and starts doing its thing, and you're like, whoa, whoa. You know, they, they grab a retreat to ameria and they're in really good shape. Um,
3: yeah, but I mean, retreat to Emyria is just a good card.
2: It is just a good card. That's true. Um, but it's one of those things that, like, that they're not forcing, but, like, they're taking, you know, pretty broad picks the first couple picks. But if they see, like, the, the healer come, like you know, fourth pick, then they know that they're in it and they just go in. Yeah. Just move into it. They move into it hard.
4: I still have yet to draft that
3: deck.
2: Yeah, I'm almost certain after watching the pro... Like, I'm not going to try drafting it Tuesday. (laughs) Tomorrow night when we draft, I'm probably not going to try drafting it because I have a feeling somebody at the table is going to try it and I don't want it to be me because I don't want to be cut from it. If I
3: can get a Drana's Emissary, then I'll be in.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is, like... Uh, I mean, I'm I, essentially what I'm, I'm not going to not draft the deck either though. You know, I'm f- focused on my fundamentals. So if I start seeing those cards might go into it, you know, cause I know what the deck looks like now and, uh, and I'll be able to, to pick up on that. If it's not being drafted, I could draft it. So, you know, it might, it might happen. It might not. Uh, my favorite archetype in this draft right now is blue, white flyers. Because it just kind of ditches all of the sub themes and just uh, attacks from a spot that I like to attack from comfortably in the air. Limited magic is the one place where I'm comfortable flying, and uh, yeah, so I
3: think that deck like people have like honed in on just because it's the one that you don't have to draft like any synergies.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a cool deck. I mean, but the, it's not even about not having to draft synergies. It's that Flyers are so good in this format. There's so few ways to deal with Flyers mm-hmm. that you just, you know, you start seeing Shadow Gliders. I mean, I've looked at Shadow Glider in some pack, like two of the packs that I opened last night on my stream. I think that I pick one, the Shadow Glider.
4: Hmm.
2: Like, I mean, the, one of the packs was like removal non-existent, you know? So it was just like, Shadow Glider is just the best creature in this pack.
3: Might be the best, best way common. It.
2: I'm grabbing it. Yeah, it's just so it's so good. So you know, just the flyers and they curve well. That's the other thing is that you can go into blue white and you can go with the the mist stalker. That's the one too, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Mist stalker. So, so yeah, and
2: shadow glider. You know, it's just two, three, four, five. You've got and then if you can get six, even wave wing elemental has uh, uh, proven its worth. Yeah, uh, white
3: ha- white has one, three, four, five, six at common. Yeah. Um
2: I haven't common. run the one
3: drop. I've never ha- done that. Never. I
2: haven't run the one drop. But uh
3: that's but, a different but... deck, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like an inspiring charge deck, maybe. Yeah. Um the the six is uncommon. The out yes. Uh, I was thinking the the angel. The angel, uh,
2: the angel, right.
3: And then blue goes two, three, four, five, six, I think.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. They're just there. They're just there. The deck is there. Um yeah. And, and so I'll take I'll take a I'll take a good flyer over, you know, maybe a higher power level uh ground creature almost most of the time in draft. Like if if it's open especially if I'm seeing like that color open, yeah, I'm going to go into it. It's just great. Um but anyway, uh, so, so that was, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, the the main thing is that, uh, I saw how useful or how the blue black or how the black white deck could actually work. Uh, and I also saw that wavelength wing elemental is actually a lot better than we were giving it credit
3: for. I've been giving it, well, recently I've been saying it's, it's, it's decent.
2: Yeah. I, I, I almost refused to play it for like the first month. So now I'm like, okay, fine. We'll play this card, whatever. It's a dragon. The first yeah, it's good. It's a good card. No reason to not be playing it.
3: Yeah, I think I tweeted like cards I've I like more than I did initially, and like less now. And I think I didn't put wave wing elements on the one I like more now, but but you do. I do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What were the ones you like less? I can't remember.
3: Uh, core castigator, the three one.
2: Yeah, awful garbage.
3: Kozlek Sentinel. Uh, unless you plan, I on like blo- the Sentinel. Unless you plan like on blocking Sentinel. with it, I just don't like it that much.
2: Well, that's what it does; it blocks.
3: Yeah, it's like a better um, fortified rampart or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, before I thought it could be like a real engine piece of like a right. like a black red like a, nope. a devoid aggressive. I'm like, no, it's not that at all.
2: Nope, it ain't that. Vile aggregate, on the other hand. Oh, that
3: that card's great. Uh, right, uh, silent skimmer.
2: Yeah, does nothing.
3: I mean, yeah, I thought that I was like, oh, it's like a 2-4 flyer for four. This is amazing. And it's like, no, it's just, oh, it blocks. It, it doesn't block that well. It doesn't trade with anything.
2: Yeah,
3: that's it's right. sitting there. I just, yeah, I thought on paper it looked really good. I ran it a bunch of times, and every time I had, I'm like, what am I doing?
2: Yeah, I think I think that black, unless you're in the synergistic black-white deck, mm-hmm. I think black is just hands down the worst color.
3: Yeah, I don't like it that much. Um, I just
2: think it's the worst. Like, you're out on, like, two of, like, the what we listed as, like, five good commons in the color. Oh, yeah, Dominator. Drone color. is
3: another one. We're just like, yeah. Eh, it's just a 3-2. Yeah, the, the
2: the guys on the coverage team really did like it, though.
3: Dominator Drone?
2: Yeah, they, they had good stuff to say about it. They actually did like that card. Um,
3: it's, uh, it's a piece in an aggro deck. It has to be in a linear... Like, that has yeah. to be your plan. Like, this is yeah. like the Swarm Surge, we're all in, mm-hmm. colorless aggro deck.
2: Yep. That's right.
3: And I think it's fine there. But previously, I thought it would be more than that. <laughs> like, I thought it would just be a generically good card, and it is not. 3-2 at three is just, it just doesn't do anything.
2: Right, right.
3: I like Sludge Crawler or whatever that is a lot more. The one drop. The one one for one that <laughs> on its face looks horrible.
2: It's a great card.
3: Oh, uh, I like it a lot. It scales. It's good. Yeah. Like. That's one I didn't have that in there as well. That um, that I like a lot more now. I like Tajuru Beastmaster is like just amazing. <laughs> and then uh, oh god,
2: it's so good.
3: Yeah, like I was like oh five five, that's not bad. But now I'm like oh if I can just get it to like you know obviously a Tjuru Warcaller like that would be that's the dream. But if I could just get a Tjuru Beastmaster, then all these Eyeless Watchers will finally do something.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: <laughs> um, and then Ruined Processor has gone way up for me.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, so good.
3: Like, I thought it was like... I thought it was worse than Eldrazi Devastator. Really? I drafted.
2: Man, it's such a swingy card. Like, if you've got the ingest going on, even if you've got, like, a couple incidental ingests, like, you can just run it. Like, I actually didn't run it uh, last night in sealed because I had literally one way to exile, and I was like, that's not enough. Yeah. You would probably want, like, two or three ways, and then you can totally run
3: it. Yeah, so I thought, like... I don't know, going into this, I was like, oh yeah, Breaker of Armies, um, Eldrazi Devastator, these will be your top... I'm like, nah, Ruin Processor is just better.
2: No, and I even was playing like a super ramp deck, and I still cut the 8-drops. <laughs> 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 Most of the times when I sideboarded last night, I was like, no, I don't really want to play with these 8-drops. I was heavy on 6s and 5s, but and, and I had the... Um, the hexproof trample seven drop but I didn't want to go any higher than that I kept cutting the eight drops out of my deck turn against is a real card man you don't want to spend eight mana and have a thing turn against it's so bad turn
3: against is so good
2: it's so good
3: I, I know it's not the best uncommon but it's probably my favorite uncommon in the set
2: <laughs> I can't see too many arguments for how it's not the best uncommon it's so good I mean it's such a blowout most of the time when your opponent casts it, you lose.
3: Essentially. Rolling Thunder's pretty good. Uh, grip of Desolation's pretty good, but yeah, I think I like turning it more than, than Grip. Yeah, it might be. Stasis Snare.
2: Stasis Snare, I mean, I've never seen one. Like, I've never seen
3: That one. is true. I see it a lot less than I see, like a lot like rolling thunder and turn against. I see way more often than stasis snare. I think stasis
2: snare is actually a mythic rare and they misprinted it and put an uncommon symbol on it. And it's not even just because it's so powerful. It's because I never have seen, I have never (laughs) seen a stasis snare. I've had, I've never seen one in a sealed pool. I've never seen one passed to me in a draft. I've never opened one in a pack. Like I, 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 I have never seen a stasis snare.
3: I've had one stasis snare. In a limited deck, I've had turn against three times. Yeah. <laughs> or even four, maybe. I'm not even sure. Like, I've had a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, turn against is really good. I think it might be the best because it's such a potential blowout. It's so brutal because it's instant speed. I mean, somebody attacks with two big things. You just kill both their big things.
3: You know the uncommon I've never seen? Halimar Tidecaller. Really? Yeah, I've never had any of my pools, like, ever.
2: I've I've had them a couple times, and I think I tried running it once. One another time, I think I had it, and the pool just t- couldn't uh, couldn't run
3: it. Um, but like I feel like I've never had that, but I've had dampening pulse like in every sealed pool ever.
2: I've had that played against me to great effect, and it's kind of surprising.
3: Dampening pulse, I like it actually.
2: I I, I just didn't imagine that could be any good, but apparently it's not bad at all.
3: Uh, I think the Juru Warcaller is probably the best in common in the set.
2: It's tough because, like, man, there are even like there are even times where it's not the best.
3: It is. There are, I mean, the thing is, is, like, I draft decks where that card's good in it, so it's always okay, like yeah, the best. Yeah. It's always the best card in my deck. Uh, yeah, I've never like, turn against is like won me more games. Probably actually, no, that's not true. To Drew River Warcallers, won more games. Like that card can either win you the game when you cast it, or it could even win you the game like two turns after you cast it, which is yeah. just stupid.
2: Yeah, it's true. I don't know. Yeah, I I, 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 would. I mean, I'm not going to argue that turning that that to Drew Wardcaller is worse than objectively
4: <laughs>
2: to turn against. You know, but I think there's uh, there are strong arguments to be made in favor of both. Yeah, I being think it, the best. Uncommon. I think the
3: interesting point is just that there are some uncommons in the set that are better than like a lot of the rares. Most of the
2: rares, yeah, unbelievable. Both unbelievable cards. So anyway, uh, I just want to talk. Let's, let's 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 wrap up in a bit here, um, but I do want to talk about one more thing that happened. Um, so on Wednesday, or I guess when did we actually? Yeah. Okay. You brought the deck by, so we were coming back from uh, Madison, mm-hmm. and um, coming back from Madison from Grand Prix Madison, and we were talking and. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna play in uh, modern states, and it was like, well, you know, uh, you yeah, know, I was gonna, I was just gonna play burn, and you were like, well, I could lend you Murfolk. I was like, all right, <laughs> sure, all right, sure thing. Yeah, you know,
3: because uh, like, like basically, I came to the conclusion like Murfolk was the deck I should have played at GP Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I because I think it's like one of the, I think it's a better deck for the format right now than burn. Yeah. And mm. yeah, if there's like a modern tournament next week, I'd probably play Merfolk. <laughs>
2: yeah, so so I was like, cool. Yeah, I'll borrow it. Uh, you know, I've I'd never played uh, bur- I'd never played uh, fish in modern, but uh, years ago I had it built for Legacy. You know, so I had experience with the uh, with the creatures and with the deck uh, in a you know decidedly more powerful version, but still um, new new most of how it worked. Somehow forgot about one key interaction in the mirror match, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Uh, and uh, and so I, I was like, okay, sure, so i I borrowed it. Uh, I was uh, Wednesday Night Magic is modern at Common Ground Games. I'm like, well I'll take it to, to common ground on Wednesday and test it, play four rounds and see how it feels. And if it feels like crap, I'll just play my burn deck. Uh, But I 4-0'd and finished in first place. (laughs) I was like, well, that's a good sign. (laughs)
4: Uh,
2: So I was like, all right, then, fine, we're in. Made a couple little changes to the uh, the sideboard uh, based on what I liked and didn't like about my first sideboard I built for Wednesday. Uh, And I took it to Modern States. And Modern States had 132 players. And I finished 7th. Of 132 players, (laughs) so not too bad, Um, and it was really funny because, you know, super ambitious me, I'm like, cool, yeah, we'll go play Modern States, it's an eight-round tournament, and then I guess I'll be back in time for my eight o'clock stream, (laughs) like, I was like, when I thought about that, I was like, that wasn't a very uh, hopeful way to look at the day, (laughs) Like, once I scrub out of this thing, we can go back and start streaming some limited. Nope, didn't work out that way. <laughs> I was literally kept going, oops, I top eighted. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oops, top eight. I guess the stream's delayed because, uh, you know, I just put it off until I got back. Uh, unfortunately, I lost in the top eight uh, to the Merfolk Mirror. Um, one of the key things that happened was I just ran a Lord of Atlantis out there, and that gave all of his merfolk island walk, and I did not know about that interaction. Now, the other interaction that you mentioned when I was talking to you was that uh, you tend to forget that your Master of Waves pumps your mutable. Now, I actually remembered that interaction all day, uh, but I never had to play against fish until the top eight. So I didn't quite—I didn't know that interaction. I didn't realize that it was all merfolk across the board. Should have remembered that from Legacy, but I wasn't sober when I was playing Legacy. So who knows how my brain worked back then and what it retained? Um, but yeah, so I got blown out in game two uh, because I gave I pumped his team and gave them Island walk uh, not a great, <laughs> yeah nah, not a great thing to do um, but then uh, actually what's funny is that in game three uh, Lord of Atlantis won the game <laughs> 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 because um, he needed okay so it was it was a great match it was really fun and uh, it was Sherwin. Who I also played against in the uh, GPT that we played in. Oh, cool. Yeah, same guy. Um, Really nice guy. Um, And uh, taught me, you know, some really good lessons about the deck the hard way. Uh, But it was, you know, it was really cool. It was really great uh, getting to play against him. But the game came down to him needing to top deck a lord. And it needed to be an island walk granting lord. Because I had a spell skite. And if he would have top-decked any other uh, lord, I would have been able to just block with the spell skite, block one of the creatures, and I would have gone down to a low life total but not dead. Actually, I would have gone to one and would have been able to crack back for the win the next turn. But he top-decked Lord of Atlantis, and that's what I learned, was that you don't have to board out all your Lords of Atlantis in the mirror. You just have to play them as like instant, like speed pump spells.
3: Uh, I wouldn't board any of them out.
2: <laughs> well, I boarded them out because I didn't want to have to give his creatures Island Walk.
3: Nah, I mean just play yeah. around it.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, and I, so, I, so I overcompensated. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. After game two, I totally overcompensated for it, and uh, yeah. So so anyway, I learned I learned a lot about the deck, and. Um, and would feel would feel super confident playing it again. The event eventual winner was uh, Ian Jashaway, Texas Guild Mage guy I test with every week, and uh, happy super happy for him. Uh, Jason Blackmore also made the top eight. Uh, those two wound up having to play each other for the finals, not in the finals, but you know what was he playing? Semifinals. Uh, Jason was on burn, mm. um, and it was uh, and. Uh, Ian was on uh, Boggles, Ooh. and uh, actually, I'm and I'm proud to say that that Ian's only loss on the entire day was to me. Hmm. <laughs> I beat him in like round in oh my god I've got it right up here I beat him in round two, uh, but he won out and uh, or you know probably won out to draw you know and uh, and got there. My only loss uh, until the top eight was to uh, Jared play Shift at common ground the judge yeah we the one we actually saw him in madison and more surprisingly for him he saw us in madison (laughs) he looked over he's like that's a dallas what what is he doing here (laughs) like he was like he said he was like so shocked to see me i don't think he saw you but he saw me and was just like what
3: oh no no he was like walking by and he like looked over he's like that's a long drive i'm like
2: (laughs) That's great. Um, but my only loss was to him playing Scape Shift. Mm. Um, but I did beat Scapeshift Shift uh, to make top eight. So in round seven, I, be, I beat uh, Andrew Funderburg, uh, who was playing Scapeshift. Shift. Uh, did, did manage to beat him, although that game was very close, too. But I pulled it out. Uh, yeah, if Sherwin would have top decked any other lord or anything other than Lord of Atlantis... Phantasmal image or um, Master of the Pearl Trident, I would have won, uh, but he didn't. He top decked the thing he needed and got there. It was it was a great match, super tight, super close. Um, you know, I punted game two, and that's probably what cost me the whole match because I, 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 I'm sure there was a way I could have. Because I'm almost certain I had Master in my hand too.
3: Oh yeah, just
2: didn't real I just didn't know. I just ran it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so,
3: rough. It's hard to like. Yeah, because they just don't print that anymore. In fact, like that on, the that effect I think is only in modern through uh, time shifted cards. Right, it's like Bad Moon. I think is one of them. Like uh, all black creatures get plus one plus one.
2: Right, right. And
3: then I think there's that card. And I don't think I don't know how I don't think there's that many other cards like in all of modern that do that.
2: Right, so yeah, so it was one of those things I just didn't know, just ran into it, and yeah, it, it was it wasn't great, but uh, but what I you know play I'd play the deck again in a heartbeat. Um, feel really good with the deck, and uh, I'm gonna be sad to return it.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'm but not playing that much modern, so if you got another modern event coming up, uh, feel. Oh,
2: man, I wish I I wish I could play. Uh, the open this, this, uh, Halloween, but it's on Halloween. Yeah, It's my wife's favorite holiday. Like I just like, I ordered her a Hocus Pocus shirt that just came in today. And I'm like, I could never be like, sorry, baby. I got to go play magic. The gathering instead of hanging out with you on your favorite holiday. Yeah.
3: I just ordered my costume.
2: Nice. I don't even think I'm going to have a costume. Oh, really? Uh, but still, we're just going to hang out that day. I think we're going to go see my dad.
3: Yeah. Right.
2: In Fort Worth. We're going to go to Fort Worth and not play in the, That's in the event. really funny. Uh, it's, it's, it's 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 a dagger in a way. Because, like, top uh, – that tournament got me six Open Series points. Nice. So I'm five points away from the Invitational, which I'm kind of like, man, all I have to do is top 32 modern.
3: Oh, God. I should have probably tried to, like, qualify for the Invitational after I top Fort State's. I didn't even think about that. I don't even think about those point things.
2: But yeah, there's no chance I'm going to be, I was going to be able to play that.
3: No. Um,
2: I, I took off work for it. and Then I was just like, nah, can't even do it, you know? So, so anyway, I'm yeah, going to, there's
3: like 0% end, chance I'd get to do that.
2: Yeah. I'm going to end the season five points shy of it, but uh, something, you know, I mean, it, it's motivation to play another uh, state's events, you know, <laughs> like in the future, like, the open points and the fact that like the prize payout is super generous. You know, I've got my next like seven drafts for free. You know what I mean? So I'm pretty happy. And I got two sealed pools already registered that I put in boxes so we can test some sealed, uh, some downtime in the next couple of weeks. See, Ryan was like, Oh man, you did so good. I'm like, no, I didn't. I didn't win. <laughs> and he's like, Man, you can't be like that. You gotta, you know, it's like that's. The, and when I realize, you know, it's just funny. Like top eighting, like making, like getting the win that gets you into top eight. That's when you celebrate. Mm-hmm. That's the time when you go, yeah, all right, we did it. But then when you're in the top eight, you just you just have to win, you know. And then like no other result actually feels
3: good. Well, no, because your tournament yeah. ends on a loss. <laughs> like
2: right, yeah. Right. No other result feels good other than winning the tournament once you actually make the top eight. Like, it's just like, and I think that was like what he didn't quite understand about my reaction. My reaction wasn't sad. I wasn't like, I wasn't tilted. I wasn't like, like down, but I wasn't jazzed. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, yeah, I just lost. Let's go home. That was awesome. You know, I mean, I was, you know, having fun. I had fun and I didn't leave in a dour mood, but it just like, wasn't like something to celebrate. I did my celebrating when I made top eight, you know, that's when I did the celebrating. Mm -hmm. It was like, yeah, I made top eight. But then like, once that top eight starts, you know, it's like, it's a second tournament. And it's like, how'd you do in the tournament? Oh, one drop. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) didn't get there, you know, um, but still, I mean, I'm happy with the with overall on the day. Happy with the result with a deck I'd played for, you know, my second time playing the deck. It was, it was good. It was a good time. Fun to try something new other than just burn. Well, anyway, my cat is saying that I need to wrap this up. So uh, join us next week when we figure out what we're going to talk about next week. Or if we figure out, I guess, right? <laughs> if we don't figure it out, you're probably not going to hear from us. Uh, but uh, I'm sure it'll be great. Well, we will have we'll have like you know Pro Tour Fallout standard results. That'll actually be good to see. And give us a better indication of how things are going to be moving forward. Um, and uh, but I think we're at this point now the decks are established, you know? Um, I don't think there's going to be many surprises from now on. Unlikely. Uh, no, not really. And that should be cool to look at. And I'm actually... This is good. This is good. Even though I feel forced to care about Standard, um, I'm happy that I have to care about Standard because it's a big portion of the coverage that we get every week. You know? So... I'm happy that I'm forced to care about Standard because it'll allow me to uh, pay attention to more coverage and follow more events and and just see more magic, which is good. So, that, so that'll be pretty cool. And hopefully then, then we'll rank all of our all-time favorite basic lands for sure. That'll definitely be the episode.
3: I mean, this is the time to do it. It's full art.
2: This is it. This is it. So join us next week. Uh, and until then... Uh, let me just, can we do the we do the Rick and Morty ending. Do the Rick and Morty ending.
3: I don't know what that means. Uh,
2: um, so uh. So next next week we'll we'll have so many different adventures to talk about and there's uh, um, uh, like grand prix results maybe uh, maybe there'll be some uh, standard results uh, all kinds of different kind of results that you know, we talk about and, and 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 maybe 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 we'll even uh, uh, maybe we'll even have uh, uh, s- s- some 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 adventures and 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 there'll be uh, lots of really good things to talk about and um, so uh, anyway uh, until until next time uh, uh, we are YMTG Apps.
3: Wow! <laughs> I feel like I should like burp or something. Uh, stop bitch and Stop! No! No!
2: You, you said to go. Oh, I don't know, Rick. Uh,
3: I can't stop, do a high voice. Stop, I, I can't stop I know, bitching, start,
4: start brewing. Stop!
3: <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I can't do it.
4: <laughs> I can't
3: do it. Stop! Know, that's my that's my that's my uh, my Morty.
2: Wow. Come, come on, Morty. Your Morty is so bad, you can't even you can't even do an imitation of yourself. Um, well, well, gee, Rick, um, I think that maybe next week we should talk about standard. Yeah, of course that we should talk about standard, Morty. That's what I said we were going to talk about. We'll talk about standard. We'll talk about drafts. We're going to draft. I mean, we're going to draft. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I right, yeah, just fade out on that. Don't li- people don't like hearing about drafts, Rick. People think drafts are boring. Shut up, Morty. We just watched uh, six hours of drafts on coverage on TV. Of course, people care about drafts, or so they wouldn't show them, or they wouldn't even care about them. Yeah, well, uh, maybe we should talk about standard cuz maybe standard something that people want to talk about. Yeah, people want to hear us talk about the same four decks for the next four months. Yeah, that's what that's that's the the best sort of radio of all time. Yeah, absolutely great. Yeah. So 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 Morty, will you just do the close, please? Morty, we you, can you just please just do the close, so we can wrap this up. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, until next time, uh, we are YMTG taps. Uh, uh, stop, stop bitching. Uh, start uh, doodle. Stop bitching. Start brewing, Morty. It's brewing. We're brewing like like brewing beer. You know anything about that? No, you don't, because you're still like at least one year away from being able to drink. So just try it again. It's stop bitching start brewing. Oh okay, okay, Rick. Uh, uh uh stop stop bitchin', uh
4: start
1: brewing. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the first before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yo, the rhyme raise more eyes once I ride through the doors. Yo,
0: MTG Taps is available every Friday on LegitMTG.com. I want my MTG.com, MTGcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, BrainLink, Telegraph, and via Passenger Pigeon at PigeonCast.com. Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to omtgtabs at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv legitmtg. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.